I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Don't tell the other podcasts. I should go. I was looking at the tire tracks of this, uh, this accident where my wife was killed and... These tracks can only be made by podcasters. <laughs> the type of podcasters that run Nitro Meth. <laughs> there are only two people I know in town that run that kind of thing. Better go find him. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> family. Are you Groot? I am Groot. Sick. <laughs> All right, let's go, Groot. <laughs> You are listening to Talking Like a Teen, the podcast where we run Nitro Meth and Dominic Toretto is very upset at us. I am the soundtrack featuring Pitbull. I am Brian's boss who's low-key irritated that you're bleeding on my floor. (laughs) (laughs) So... Literally two years ago, we tried a recording a podcast during the Panini about Fast and Furious, a.k.a. Fast and Furious 4, a.k.a. the greatest uh, romantic drama that ever existed. That's right. Um, I actually really do like this movie a lot. It's just that when put up against the rest of the series, yeah. it feels weirdly out of place. But if you watch it on its own, I got to say, off rip... Justin Lin directs the hell out of this movie. I agree. He does really well with action because this movie isn't heavily. And it's weird that like Too Fast, Too Furious and even Tokyo Drift sort of get slammed for not being really big on action. But this movie really, there's a lot more pensive stares and like (laughs) glowering in this movie than there are in your average action flick. And yet it weirdly works here. Yeah. I think because you are sort of getting to know these characters again and where we find them after this time is not in the best of places. Like, yeah, the movie is like 12% stone face Vin Diesel. And that's, that is what it is. Like, I think it's, it's the fact that we are getting to hang out with these people that we haven't seen for a while. And it turns out their life is shit. And that is the thing that happens. Like, mm. <laughs> One thing I do find interesting, and I don't know if this is a character choice or if this just happens to be, mm-hmm. the first half of this movie, I think we're... Because this happens a lot in the series. The movies often start with the characters not being really where they want to be. 
Yeah. The first movie notwithstanding, like, Too Fast and Furious is Paul Walker. Now he's the man. He's, uh, what was his nickname? Bullet? Like, he's cool. But then, of course, he gets busted by the cops after being on a run for presumably a couple of years. Yeah. Like, he's having to, like, hide out. Like, he's sleeping in a garage. Like, his friends are taking care of him. But, like, he's still not in the best place at the beginning of that movie. Yeah. Dom, Brian, both of their families got splintered. So whereas Brian finds Tej and Roman and Suki and um, what's the what's the kid? Uh, Jimmy? Yeah, Jimmy. Dom now has Letty and Han and Leo and Santo. So it's like as a result of the two of them bonding, they've now managed to sort of split up and maybe they might be temporary, like, I guess, rebound friends, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. they're starting to now find people who are more loyal. Two bad things happened to both of them, but they went and retreated back to the lives that they knew. Yeah, they go back to doing what they know. And it turns out doing what you know doesn't always work. And they're miserable. Yeah. I know in the last episode I said that I didn't like the meeting of Dom and Brian, but now that I think about it, I think I actually like it because think about it. As much as Dom is pissed at Brian, like, at the end of the day, he let him go. Yeah. In his last interaction with him, he was still weirdly a man of his word, because he's like, I owe you a 10-second car. Right. I did you a solid. Right. Because Dom could have been like, what the fuck? I'm going to kill you, whatever. But he doesn't. He's just kind of like, oh, you're here to bring me in. He's also dangling a dude out of a window, so I know he's a little preoccupied. (laughs) But it's like, the way they're talking to each other... They're not antagonistic. If it weren't for the fact that he was dangling a dude out of a window, yeah, they'd probably be all like, oh, I'll trust you. And he's all like, I'll trust you, I'm a cop now. But I feel like (laughs) they were trying so hard not to be like, bro, like, bro, like, I want to hug you, but I I don't know if I can trust you. But they're weirdly happy to see each other, I think. Yeah. Because their love knows no bounds. Right? Because then when he goes back to the FBI headquarters, Brian's almost giddy. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. He is so hyped. (laughs) I want to talk about Brian's boss and I want to talk about Sophie. Kind of low-key love Brian's boss because he's fucking hilarious. (laughs) I had like three legitimate like belly laughs in this movie and two of them were at lines from that dude. Okay, so which lines were those? Okay, you're bleeding on my floor, which is great. (laughs) bleeding on my floor. And he tells him to have a good time. (laughs) I don't know why. Just the delivery in it is just so funny. The line that almost undoes that where he's like, you know, what's the difference between the cop and the criminal? It's like one bad judgment call. I'm like, do you play Mass Effect? Because like, (laughs) that's the only way that that makes sense is if you're playing a Bioware game. (laughs) I just, uh, there are some moments in this movie where the movie treats me like I'm an idiot. That's one of them. The whole conversation with Mia where maybe you're not the good guy pretending to be the bad guy. Like, come on, movie. <laughs> like, we get it. That's the whole premise of Fast and Furious. Right. Like, have a little faith in me that I can string this shit together myself. faith Please in me. I said I'd never <laughs> let you down and I never did. I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize we were doing a, a day to remember. 
<laughs> I just like treat me like I'm a little smart. Like you don't you don't have to be that fucking obvious with it. And like I get it. These movies are not meant to be, you know, genius movies, but like still treat me like I'm a little smart, okay? Cuz I'm I'm a little smart. Just a little bit. Treat me like your boyfriend. <laughs> Brian's partner Sophie. I love Sophie. I completely understand that she is just there to like do Brian's boring office bullshit while he's doing undercover shit. But she's super smart and she's charming and she's capable and she's funny and she rules. And I love Sophie. Give me a Sophie movie. There is an alternate Fast and Furious movie that's basically just Brian and Sophie. And I want that shit. Put it in my eyeballs. I feel like what this movie is... Brian, circa 2001, I'm sure the FBI was probably all like, hell yeah, we're going to get our mark by any means necessary. But now it's 2009. It's like, we can't do this shit. <laughs> like, we <laughs> like this. we have an HR department. <laughs> they will shut us down. Because I think in a way, Brian's boss actually like kind of fucks with Brian. In a weird way, he's like, fuck yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you need yeah. to tone it down. <laughs> But, like, back in the day, you were me. And unlike, you know, Stasiak, I mean, I'll look past the really problematic David Park line. But I guess at the end of the day, it just shows this is, like, your gold standard. But, like, this guy, first off, not even necessarily racist, just blatantly ignorant. Yeah. And also petty, like, when Brian runs up into shit and he says, like, he hit me first. Like, are you serious? (laughs) Are you serious right now? He legit points at him. like, he hit me. Like... (laughs) That's the shit that, like, my brother and I did as kids. Like, (laughs) he hit me first is a line that this man said as an FBI agent in a blockbuster action movie. As an adult. Like, come on. This movie is great, but the level of cringe in some of these lines, (laughs) that's almost as bad as, like, only pussies were nitro meth. Like, there's some lines in here, like, you looked under my hood? Like, there's so many lines (laughs) in this movie are, like, humans are saying these words are coming out of their mouths like what are we doing (laughs) just looking through my notes i have it all caps building cars over techno music montage Okay, let's go back real quick. I'm sorry. I'm cutting off your notes. No, you're fine. We didn't even get to the villain, by the way. Like no. Arturo Braga, who's running this Mexican cartel, like shipping contraband <laughs> across the border. It pulls a Too Fast, Too Furious, which is funny that they try to disregard the movie, but it's another really got you a slot to race to end up in this guy's organization. It's the same fucking plot. Brian does the most least subtle fist pump. Like, fuck yes. yes. <laughs> Was that his whole plan? Was this his whole plan that Brian got back into the FBI so that way he can legally erase legally? <laughs> I feel like that's only it. He just happened to luck into a case that involves illegal street racing. Like, what are the odds? I spend like half a page being very excited that Wonder Woman is here. <laughs> so, um, Wonder Woman's here, you guys. It's fucking dope. <laughs> We love Wonder Woman. (laughs) I almost forgot that girl was in this movie. Like, this feels so long ago. And not to spoil shit, but like, unlike subsequent movies, like, she's doing cool shit in this movie. She is. Like, she's (laughs) such a badass. And this is, of course, before, like, I don't think I'd seen her in anything else. Though, turns out, she's in this movie, but guess what she was going to be in? What? Quantum of Solace. 
Interesting. She chose this over being a Bond girl? Yeah. It's a choice. I respect it. I mean, to be fair, this franchise is fucking nuts. <laughs> You're not wrong, but like, let me be a Bond girl shit. I'm not Bond girl material, but I'll still do it. It would rule. Hell, I'll do it. <laughs> we'll both do it. Right? How about next Bond movie? Whoever they pick, we are both going to be Bond people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I want to talk about the race scene. I want to talk about the GPS and why the voice is bad. I also want to talk about how some nerd fucking programmed scantily clad women into the GPS. Oh, I thought you were talking about the dude from uh, Tropic Thunder being one of the racers. Also that. <laughs> like, I honestly was hoping he was going to open up a can of booty sweat during the race. The GPS filled me <laughs> with with unspeakable rage i was so <laughs> mad why okay as someone who knew a lot of people who would either make bootleg dvds and stuff there'd always be like menus of anime girls like this is like far and away this is not <laughs> who is it for yeah i just i don't get it what is the idea okay so keep in mind now this is a race to prove, like, who could be in this organization. Now, they give uh -huh. you GPS. You just got to get from point A to point B. They, they didn't close the street, so it's not a closed race. This is out in, like, busy traffic. It's an HR violation. So did they program <laughs> the GPSs themselves, or did they buy them? Because I feel like this is, like, someone's homebrew program. Like, this is, uh -huh. there's no way that they actually made this themselves. It's like, all right, my, my. Kid cousin, like, he's good with computers. He can make us a GPS. Somebody's 11-year-old needs to go to therapy. That's all I'm saying. Because it's, it's icky. <laughs> also, shout out to bringing back one of my favorite things that exists in almost every Fast and Furious is Brian yelling at his car. Yes. <laughs> Multiple times. He tells his GPS to shut up. <laughs> I just have... Chia Pet and Ghetto Smurf in quotes, and then just says, hashtag, yikes, 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 yikes. <laughs> also, <laughs> is this another thing that, like, okay, because I know these movies, this is not actually how it happens, but, like, I love how in these movies, they always edit the dialogue, like, driving sequences as if they're directly responding to each other, like, they can hear each other. Right. It makes sense in, in subsequent movies when... They're doing team stuff and they, you know, they've got earpieces and whatever. But like, I'm supposed to believe that they can hear each other yelling with the windows closed and with the cars go vroom loud. No, <laughs> I don't understand. I get that it's editing, but like from a logistical standpoint, it doesn't make sense. It hurts my brain. I also just want to point out that this car race is kind of brutal. It's fun. I, li I do like it. I do like this sequence. I'm glad that I don't have to drive it because it looks uh, a bit rough. There's a few times where I legit, even now, kind of wince because it's like yeah. between the close calls. I mean, of course, the two guys who clearly we know that they're not making it into the next scenes. Yeah. <laughs> but they die in like such like relatively gruesome fashion, like especially like the dude that's racing against Dom. His car crashes through concrete, rolls off a bridge and continues to roll. Like This guy <laughs> is next level dead. 
Like, this guy is paced. <laughs> he didn't need to roll that many times. And Brian being borderline aroused by the fact every time there's a crash or something that happens, he's like, oh, man. But at the same time, he's like, holy shit, that was cool. Like, he really is, like, the world's biggest adrenaline junkie. Like, he <laughs> legit is so hyped that, like, all this chaos is happening. And it's because Dominic Toretto was back. Because otherwise, he was just busting, like, low-level gangsters. Yeah. And now he's getting to race again. Like, he's just so thrilled with the idea of, like, it's just like the old times. <laughs> And I'm happy for him. Yes. And then the, the like, too soon with the NOS callback. I'm just like, thanks, movie. I, too, saw the first one. <laughs> Did you? Because we're going sh- <laughs> to remake this movie <laughs> in case you didn't appreciate it enough. I was there. <laughs> I was there when the text was written. <laughs> nice reference. <sighs> And then fucking Brian's bullshit when Dom bumps him and he throws a temper tantrum that a two and a half year old would be proud of. I'm just like, <laughs> maybe scale it back a little bit, my dude, as you are a grown ass adult. <laughs> Talk about other favorite side characters. I know we're supposed to hate him, but Phoenix is kind of fun in this movie. Yeah, he's not, he's not like super fleshed out, but he is like, very fun in like a venom sort of way where i'm like i get it like he understands that he's supposed to be there and like sneer at the camera and and be a a complete and utter (laughs) douchebag but the way he tells brian to go cry to his mama is brilliant (laughs) because i almost feel like that was either ad-libbed because (laughs) it's just this sets up everything you know dom being cool calm collected brian being a hothead yeah this is essentially like the evolution of the dude I almost had you kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> Man, I'm mad. <laughs> and I hate to say it, and I know he's shitty, but I kind of felt bad for Dwight. Um <laughs> My notes my notes speak otherwise. My notes say I think Dwight might be an incel. He's literally one of the most upsetting characters ever put to film. <laughs> like, I mean, his picture for calling people nutsack notwithstanding. Like, yeah. okay, him referring to us, I, I think they make him unlikable, but the things that are unlikable aren't, like, deal breakers. Like, okay, he refers to himself in the third person. He's got this ridiculous David Spade meets Wild Wild West get up. Yeah, it's not good. Not for nothing. All right, so he's here to be a foil, and Brian plants dope on his dude to basically steal his spot so we can get in the race. Right. But yeah, at the same time, it's like, don't shame Dwight for, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't, let's not sex shame, y'all. What he's into is what he's into. And he clearly doesn't touch, like, okay, he's a jackass. Because even he was just like, wait, I don't touch that. Like, I don't do drugs. Like, I'm not, that's not me. And I'm like, Damn, like, just arrest him for just being annoying, if anything. (laughs) He didn't have to plant drugs on him. (laughs) Like, he's already working for a criminal organization. Just arrest him him for the shit that he's doing. Illegal. Right. (laughs) Like, I'm sure this guy probably doesn't pay parking tickets. Like, why did he have to plant (laughs) drugs on him? Yeah, just check out his library books. Oh, but it was, like, meth, too. So I'm pretty sure this guy ended up, like, doing, like, legit time. Because, like, oh, it didn't stick. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that guy's still in jail by the time we get to Fast 8. Come on now. 
Like, they didn't have to pick meth. They didn't have to make him a stereotype. But at the same time, I almost feel like Brian's like, look, if we just get him for, like, a couple of grams of weed, it's not going to stick. So it's got to yeah. be, like, a heavy, like, drug that would... So I'm pretty sure if we cut to, like, Fast 9, like, the post credit scene is Dwight still in jail. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> My notes become very easy for me to figure out what's happening because it's just, like, anytime. <laughs> Gal Gadot does anything. It's just Wonder Woman in capital letters. <laughs> Wonder Woman, get them digits. <laughs> <laughs> what I am Wonder Woman, the bad guy <laughs> exposition machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I like the scene where Vin Diesel and Paul Walker are investigating the club. Yes. Because it's it's cool because you see them attack the same problem in the way that fits their skill set. Brian is moving like a cop through that club. Vin Diesel is doing stealthy shit, moving much more like a criminal would through a spot, like casing a joint that way. It's one of those where like, you might not pick up on it, but if you do, it's just another thing that sort of helps to reinforce their characters. And I liked it. I appreciated it. And I also love their interaction in the scene. They pretend that they can't stand the other person, but again, they're smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we pretending like these two don't like each other? And I think that's the weird thing, because the movie almost plays up like they're rivals, but the whole time that they're together, with the exception of the later scene where that kind of comes to a head. Right. They're yeah. weirdly on good terms despite everything that's happened. Well, and it's 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 very obvious that, like, they are enjoying each other's company, whether or not they actually want to admit it or not. They're having a good time. But that was a really fun scene. But in the, <laughs> the whole exchange about like, oh, you know this guy? Which, Brian, <laughs> come on, man. Like, his cover, because when Dom asked him about, oh, you know, someone's on jail. like, oh, you know, uh, big place, lots of people. I'm like, it's not Chicago. It's not, it's not like, it's jail. Like... <laughs> He could have just yeah. been like, oh, yeah, that's my dude or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, he kicked my ass one day or something. Like, dude, that was like the worst cover. Right. No one's no one's checking your receipts. Like, just pretend. That exchange is like, this speech check comes up and you failed it miserably. Like, <laughs> next time put some more skill points to fucking persuasion because you suck at this. <laughs> and then Braga went and spoiled the plot twist at the end. In that scene, too. Like, any one of them would die for Braga, including you, especially me. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got it immediately. Thanks. <laughs> like, was that... I feel like, why was that line even added? Because it's not foreshadowing. Because it doesn't take much to realize if he's the middleman or, you know, henchman of Braga. Obviously, we've already met the one henchman guy. So the henchman is not going to have a henchman. Right. And on top of that, you see him too many times. I would have at least played it off like maybe Phoenix was Braga or something. But it's like this guy, he's the only one you see. You never actually see Braga. So if he's down for a barrio and all that, he wouldn't just be holed up somewhere. Exactly. He would be like among the people. And then the, the line read on, especially me, I'm just like, okay, cool. Well, that spoiled that. Thanks, movie. <laughs> at that point... <laughs> 
all Brian or Don would be like, bullshit, your Braga killed this guy. Like, <laughs> right? we could have saved so much time. What the fuck? Let's, let's end this shit a half an hour early. Save some money on this set piece. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, okay. My spatial reasoning is not great. This is It's just not what my brain is good at. Can you fit four cars into a, like a semi-trailer? Okay. So, <laughs> this is a weird thing, but there's people down the street from us that every so often they'll do, like, these big deliveries. I'm not sure where they're from, but I know, I think they just send, like, a bunch of stuff probably, like, overseas. And a lot mm-hmm. of times it's, like, they're sending, like, supplies or, like, furniture, but every so often they'll actually be cars. Now, the truck that they have is a relative, like, normal tractor-trailer where they can at least fit two cars stacked on top of each other. hmm Four? I don't know if four is possible, but maybe with a big enough truck, because that truck looked massive. <laughs> I just—it apparently was something that I noticed enough to make a note about it. Uh, I don't know. I just—I feel like maybe— Maybe not four cars fit in a semi-truck trailer. I think, like, it has to be a really big one. Like, (laughs) if you're, like, if like a transport vehicle, like, I'm pretty sure, hopefully someone who's listening to this at TLAT Podcast or TLAT Podcast on IG, hit us up. Let us know if there's any truck experts out there, because I feel like it's possible. But, I mean, that was a lot of cars. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody somebody do the math for us, because I'm not... Yeah, not good at math. Though, um, I also want to point out, I do love that now that Brian is involved in this case, mm-hmm. Brian is starting to remember his old self. And this is the part that's weird to me. I don't know if this is a callback to Too Fast, Too Furious. You're working this case being brought in as a runner. But your first instinct is, oh, he deliberately did this thing or he's running. Didn't you think that maybe these guys would check to see if they were UC? Right. When Braga calls, you answer, and he's got to go to this drop. So he's like, oh, that's your third moving violation. Slow it down. So I'm like, okay, but you didn't think that if he shows up late that that's not going to be an issue? Right. Like, the expectation is that he drives like he's doing. Did you not think that they would test them first before hiring them? Right. And it's just like, what? what, And I know this is just a kind of display, like, okay, here's an authority figure being all like, don't do this thing. And he's all like, yeah, whatever, old man. I'm fast (laughs) and furious now. My buddy's back in town. I don't got to listen to you, dad. My friend that smokes cigarettes and lets me read adult (laughs) magazines in his garage, you know, he's back in town. Whatever, man. My favorite bad influence is back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. These notes are great, by the way. I appreciate you because this is like all the stuff I was going to hit on, but this is so much fun. I'm so glad we did this. (laughs) My next note is about your favorite line in this whole movie. Yes. (laughs) You looked under my hood? All right. Let's. Let's. I'm sorry. I don't mean to jump in. Let's talk about let's talk about Phoenix. <laughs> yes. Phoenix might actually be one of the more competent henchmen I've seen in either these movies or just action movies in general cuz like a lot of times with henchmen they're affected to a point but they always kind of make them bumbling like they can't yeah. be too smart than the villain. But Phoenix is very capable like and he's a good driver. Mm-hmm. His car is gorgeous. His car is dope. <laughs> 
my God, that car is gorgeous. And I was so upset when it got crashed. I'm like, look, do what you want to Phoenix. Leave the cars out of this, please. <laughs> but it runs nitro meth. <laughs> and I love that. Not the fact that he was referred to as a pussy, which I guess, you know, from a, a very macho kind of standpoint, that's like, oh, my God, what would you say? And not the fact of Nitro Meth, it's the fact that he looked under his hood without his knowledge. Like, that was where he drew the line. Yeah. That's that's the part where it's the disrespect. <laughs> you know, the, the Godfather hand motion thing. <laughs> right? And my favorite, though, when it's like, he's calling him out for wrecking his car and taking it around, and he's like, I wrecked the car. This is the part that I think is kind of cool. Phoenix is just like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. I own that I, shit. I, I did that. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to like Ben Kingsley Mandarin, but he's just like, do you remember her face? Because I don't. Last time I saw it, it was burning. It's like, now what are you going to do? He's oh like, I'm going to enjoy what happens next. Like, did he count that down? Because just as he says that, obviously the cigarette lighter goes up. <laughs> he timed it out. He like did like Mythbusters experiments beforehand to like, Get the timing just so. <laughs> hey, this is Adrian Ashley from Talking Like a Team. Here to tell you, don't look under other people's hoods. Yeah, it's disrespectful. Also, lock your door so that way people can't pop the hoods for them to look under. <laughs> that I feel like that should just not be a thing. Public service announcement from Adrian The more you know. Do 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 do. Um, let's talk about the Braga Campos thing. The worst kept secret. Like, who was in this organization being like, "That's not Braga." <laughs> I like his persona as a counterpart to Dom. Yes, because they they do interesting things as far as like. Dom uses sort of stoicism to sort of cover up the menacing part of him. Whereas like Braga uses this like very like sweet, affable sort of nature, but it, you can tell that like it doesn't quite fit. Something's not quite right. It's one of those where like, I don't know if he just can't completely cover the menacing icky part. Or if that's supposed to be the movie's way to sort of get you to try and buy into this whole, like, switcheroo at the last minute sort of thing. I don't know. I never really thought about that. Because I honestly feel like the movie almost wants you to know that this guy is Braga. Like, every conversation with this guy might as well be a neon sign that says, I'm Braga. Right. I feel like the movie isn't trying to deliberately set you up to be like... This guy isn't Braga. Like, I mean, to a point, but I feel like the actual twist happens at the end, but we didn't get there yet. So I'm going to leave it alone. Like the Braga thing was, I think, like one of those weird movie beats for people who are not bright. I'm, yeah. And I'm leaving that in. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. If you have not figured no, out fine. that this guy is. <laughs> what, what's extra funny is, I don't, again, this is just me noticing weird shit, but like. The thing that gave it away for me is that, like, with Braga sort of, like, stand-in, his suit doesn't fit right. When he gets out of the car, the, his suit jacket fits correctly, 
And then you see him standing in front of Dom and all of a sudden his suit is too big. I don't know. It just, it feels like in that moment that like, it's like a little kid being an adult because the dude's just like out of his fucking depth because he's not him. Right. If it weren't for the whole botched police bust, what was supposed to have happened here? Was it just going to be an even exchange only because I almost feel like they were going to make this exchange or whatever. Right. And, you know, of course, the call back to giving him the keys, he's like, oh, just like old times. Oh, but yet, still, this is also another great thing because their chemistry is fucking electric, where Brian tells him, all right, you know, basically broker the deal where we're going to make this trade and you get to go away free. He's like, do you still leave, you know, milk and cookies for Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> and then that line read is just kind of like, and then Brian is like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, he doesn't even try to be like, fuck you, man. Or even like, he just legit is like, fuck, you got me. I'm sorry. I, like, I, I thought you would have bought that. <laughs> and also, if you're going to have this stand in for Braga, you mean to tell me. And uh, I'm not making fun of the homeless community, but like, y- you pick somebody who looks so out of their depth. Like, he looked like they had found somebody off the street and was just like, here, yeah. wear the suit. Like, why not just find somebody? You mean to tell me you can't pay somebody well enough to, like, actually buy into this whole persona? It was such a, like, obvious con job. And I'm like, dude, you're a part of, like, this billion-dollar drug organization. Throw somebody a couple of coins and sell it. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You can find somebody that looks enough like this dude. And also buy him a fucking fitted suit that fits him. Men's warehouse. <laughs> you're going to like the way you look, even if you're a drug lord. <laughs> they guarantee it. <laughs> um, okay, there's actually a couple of twists of the movie that I think are great. After everything that happens, you know, when that they f- escape with the money, you know, they're in the hideout, they're there, it's like Mia... Dom and Brian and they're saying grace. Hey, this is kind of like old times. It's not barbecue. It's a step towards barbecue. Yeah. Barbecue adjacent. (laughs) Barbecue adjacent. There you go. (laughs) It's like Korean barbecue. (laughs) Something I don't understand because this is the part where Brian's starting to kind of have this conclusion as to like answering the question that Mia asked him is why did he let her brother go? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I learned from Don that, you know, you have to have a code. And she's like, what's yours? And I was like, I'm still trying to figure that out. Which is yeah. amazing because, like, throughout his entire span of the movies, like, he's still asking that question until his last appearance. But my thing is this. Why? Why? Why the fuck did you not get rid of the phone? <laughs> why would you keep that? Why would you keep the numbers in there? Take the battery out. Do something like, I mean, granted, also, what are the odds that anyone was ever going to come across that? But I feel like just as a failsafe, in case that were to ever come up. He just wasn't using his brain. And also, I love this movie because, you know what this movie is? It's funny. We mentioned Age of Ultron earlier. Mm -hmm. This movie, I feel, is the Age of Ultron of the Fast and Furious franchise. Interesting. In and of itself is a good movie, but what it does it basically sets up every storyline onward but because it sets up every storyline it almost feels like it doesn't hold any significance in and of itself which is obviously 
what well, you and I feel is untrue, but I feel like this movie really is just kind of like the linchpin for everything, like because it sets up Brian's betrayal, Sorry. like yeah, double betrayal, really. Which I feel like that's something that really gets glossed over very quickly. Yeah, you know, you get the whole like, "Hi, my name is Letty, and I have accrued exactly one paper box's worth of stuff." And then the phone happens, and we're we're mad about it, but we don't really acknowledge it again. Brian revealing himself to be a cop. Dom is hurt by, but even when he finds out in the first movie, it's not nearly the confrontation you'd expect it to be. But knowing that his wife was an informant for him, for a guy who's still a cop by the time you meet him again. Right. (laughs) And even though she did it to try to clear his name, he never told her that he was running her. Like, that's huge. We kind of just end up, like, squashing all of that stuff so that we can, like, wrap up the movie because the movie's got to end. It's interesting because that moment of, like, Brian being told, like, nothing really matters unless you have a code and Brian being like, I don't have a code. Like, from that point to the end of the movie, we do start to see that, you know, we have some character arc happening. (laughs) Because after the impatient white guys ruin everything. um, (laughs) Stasiak ruining the world again. Brian has this line where he's like, I thought we signed on to do the right thing. Like, he, there is a code there. He is starting to figure out, like, what's important to him. Right. I just feel like that reveal of Letty being an informant for Brian should happen earlier in the movie. And there should be more stakes with it. Right. But once you introduce that, it's like, I almost wonder, like, I mean, I get why they do it. Because, again, that's something that doesn't become important until later on. Which, yeah. to, but granted, we don't know that yet because none of that was ever revealed. Like, that's years later. Mm-hmm. So, as of right now, we don't have any of that to go on. So, it's like, it feels like that's potentially friendship breaking right there. Yeah. And it's weird that that gets glossed over, which I almost feel like that should have been like the twist for something that maybe should have been talked about even in the fifth one. Yeah. I feel like that it, you're right. Like, it should have been a bigger thing. It shouldn't have just been, like, one conversation and one angry conversation and then never addressed again. I do appreciate Justin Lin, or the writers, for at least circling back to that. Yeah. When we do get back to that, I think, what is that, six? I think so. Which, y'all have seen these movies. If you haven't seen, they're all, like, dang near 20 years old. Like, you know, (laughs) don't get on us about this. Hey, don't shame them. I didn't see them until fairly recently so yeah but you're like that you're fine like i'm not (laughs) but like it does give us a lot of good stuff with brian trying to resolve that i mean we have to wait an entire movie for it but obviously he never truly got over the guilt of that yeah so like spoilers when he sees the pictures and he finds that the lady's still alive his reaction is like he's barely keeping it together yeah, you can see, because uh, Paul Walker is sort of a, he's a, he's definitely a more subtle actor. You can see in his facial expression when he finds out that, like, dude is going through it. Because that shit would fuck me up really bad. Honestly, as much as people give these movies, like, oh, the dumb action, blah, 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 explosions, 
Yeah. Every so often there's some really good acting in here because one of my favorite Brian moments is first it's like disbelief, but then it's like rage because he's like, oh, this is what cops do. They mess with your head like Hobbs is just screwing with you. And then it's like he stops himself and he realizes, wait a minute, it's not Hobbs. It's not. It, this is you. Yeah. He's like, Letty's dead, Dom. Like that that delivery is so good. Because even in how Diesel talks with him through like a chunk of that movie. Mm hmm. They're still cool, but I think there's a part of him where it's like, I want to, like, not curse you out, but I want to kind of give you a talking to, but I, like, Dom almost lets whatever happen, so that way Brian gets it in his head and figures his shit out, which I almost love that, because that whole thing where he, you know, goes back to go into the jail and figure out everything, you know, it's a stupid plan, like, they're wanted. Yes. (laughs) And I'm sorry, we're talking about a whole other movie, but, like... He's wanted. As soon as he gets back in, he's going to be arrested. And also, like, you know, Ludacris being like, well, first off, how are you going to get in the country? Like, <laughs> thank you, voices of reason. <laughs> and he's like, let me figure that out. And, of course, he tells, you know, Diamond is like, I was one that, you know, served her up the Bronca. Like, let me make it right. And right. Dom could have been like, no, don't go. It could be no. And he doesn't. He's just like, be careful. Because at that point, he's just like, you know what? This is on you, so I'm going to let you go, you know, get your shit rocked. But at the very least, you know, make sure you come back. But, you know, <laughs> go get your comeuppance, please. Yeah, please. Thanks. Also, not to mention that whole thing kind of derails their plan. Like, was it absolutely? That could have been a phone call. <laughs> like, did you really have to go all the way out of the way? Like, but before all that happens, obviously, we still have, we're still in Mexico. My bad. <laughs> Um, let's talk about the chase scene at the end. The chase scene in the tunnel is, uh, I, for the most part, think these movies are really well directed and they look great. I think this tunnel sequence is too dark and it's hard to see and follow what's happening. I think it's confusing. I don't love it. I like the chase prior to that, that like Mad Max Fury Road. The part through, like the part through the actual desert is cool as shit. That should have been your chase. Like, just it's like this cannonball run, like half race, half chasing, and make it like only Dom and Brian and like, let's say Phoenix are going to get through the tunnel. I don't think you needed other cars in that. I think that's what kind of fucked it up. Yeah. And then by the time you get to the tunnel, because it's a tunnel, like, I, I get it. It's dark in a tunnel. When it's, you know, underground or whatever, and there are no lights. But, like, you know, you've got four different black cars or whatever. Like, it's just, it's, it could be better. That's all. Yeah, I feel like it went on too long. Like, the desert chase and the chase even leading up to the desert should have been most of it. Yeah. Like, a chase, not necessarily to the streets of Mexico, but showing more of, like, the actual location shots. Mm-hmm. But I feel like making the tunnel the bulk of that was... That couldn't have been the first choice. I was like, was there more to this that maybe they had to, like, either cut or, like, redo or, like, repurpose? Because I feel like that's not the big climax that your movie deserves. I agree. Talking about twists, the one thing I remember writing for this in my notes, but I lost them, is Brian and Dom learning from each other. Yes. I also have character arc notes in here. Because, like, when you go over, because Brian essentially is like, well, being a cop is not working out so i'm gonna be the outlaw 
But then, you know, they're going to Mexico. They're like, oh, we're going to kill this guy. So then, you know, they go up in the church with the shotguns and like, all right. And then Don's like, okay, you know, you're not forgiven. And, you know, I'm taking you out or whatever he says. But basically he's like, oh, you know, you and me were not so different. Yeah. You know, giving credence to what you said about them kind of being counterparts. Because a lot of the villains in this movie or a lot of the adversaries are kind of counterparts to Dom, including Brian. Agreed. So like, and then Dom's like, oh, you know, you're right. I'm no hero. And it's like, that's why I'm bringing you across the border. Because you're like, oh, wait, I thought he said he was going to kill him. But then he's like, but Phoenix is mine. It's like, okay, there's Dom. I was like, hold on. Yeah, God. and that's, that's, that's what I had in my notes. Is I'm like, okay, so Dom doesn't kill Braga. Character arc. And then plans to kill Phoenix. Less character arc. <laughs> well, I mean, it's actually double character arc. Because it's like, all right, I have honor. It's weird because he could have just been like, stop being a cop or whatever. But he's like, he's like, here, I'm going to help your case out. This is me throwing you a bone because respect, because honor, because of these things, because they're family. They're family, Adrian. No, <laughs> oh, but I feel like family doesn't quite happen yet. Like, it's still strained. <laughs> they're in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Though I do love the ending, this idea that multiple times in this movie, Brian keeps getting Dom to leave. Mm-hmm. Because the last time the cops rolled up on him, he's like, all right, you got to get out of here. And he's like, I'm not running anymore. Which is like another twist where you're like, you don't see that coming. Because I'm thinking in my head, all right, he's going to bail again. Yeah. Like he actually, and I know probably a lot of that too is, well, Han's out of the picture. Leo and Santo were gone. He's got nothing left. Letty's there. So at this point, he's resigned to like, look, this is it. Well, and I like the idea that he... Desire, he that he decides to turn himself in because it's the right thing to do. Like sort of piggybacking off of Brian's words about his own code earlier in the movie. Like the idea that they learn from each other, it's it's a cool little character arc moment. Ultimately, this movie is not served by the action sequences or like what we later get is like the big flashy set pieces. It's just a lot of character building. And this movie is really well done, but it's all of the good stuff is just the subtlety. I think it's when the movie tries to make a big statement is where it kind of falters. Mm -hmm. Like you have, you really do have to dig a little bit to find the diamond in the rough there. I do, again, this is one of those like Age of Ultron moments where like I get why they, they do this and I understand that it's necessary, but I don't like it. The fact that he turns himself in and is like, I'm going to jail, character arc complete, I did it. And then they immediately like break him out of jail. And like, it just kind of undercuts the whole thing. But I understand from a logistical standpoint, like, they didn't want to end the movie with him being in jail. They wanted to end it this way, because it helps to easier, like, it's one less scene that you have to do in a subsequent movie. So I, I like, I get, I get it. I just don't like it. And I can understand that. Like, I like the idea because, how can I put this? Anytime that they settle into something akin to either comfort or, like, stability, no matter, well, as stability, you know, as stable as jail can be. Yeah. Someone or something thrust them out of it. And as much, like, basically anytime that they slow down, figuratively and literally, it's almost like accepting or embracing death or defeat. Yes, it's the right thing to do, and Dom is like, but you're like you said, he has nothing left, so there's no reason for him to keep running. And then the one person 
when he sees and hears the cars, he smiles. It's, it's just this weird thing. Like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I know I'm probably not quoting it right, and I'm going to listen back to this and be like, that's not what he meant. <laughs> but, like, they're never allowed to just quietly resign to whatever life. They're forever stuck in this. Like, there's no way out of this. And for better or for worse, like, they're just always stuck in this moment. You're right. I just, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. I think for me, I wish it were at the beginning of five. And not at the end of four. I think when they get to five, they essentially pull out all the stops and also beat the Avengers for the big crossover a year in advance. I'm ready to talk about five. (laughs) I'm ready to talk about five. But yeah, I like this movie a lot. What did you feel about it overall? I think it's fine. It's not my favorite, but I think it serves its purpose. And it's one of those that like, it's a lot like watching movies from that first Marvel phase where you're like, oh, yeah, so like this is the origin of that and that sort of thing. I think as far as like a a soft reboot sort of like re-origin story, I think it works pretty well. I think the villains are fine. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think fair. it's a perfectly serviceable movie. Um, it's definitely not my favorite. I think the disregarding of Too Fast, Too Furious is what does this movie a disservice. I agree. I feel like the only way that it works with this guy being a cop again is if instead of the guy who played Brian's boss is they bring back Bilkins. Which, like, I love Bilkins. Like, bring Casey back, Masterpiece. Bring back Casey Masterpiece. <laughs> like, basically, he's the only cop that's brought to Don's barbecues because this guy always has the barbecue sauce on deck. That's right. <laughs> Man knows how to sauce some ribs. <laughs> um, what I think is interesting with this franchise of movies is, like, as far as, like, where the line gets drawn as far as silliness is concerned is so subjective so like for me the perfect line between like being able to take these movies seriously and where they get a little silly is five like i think five is the the perfect mixture of silly stuff and reality and for other people that line is later in the series and for some people it's earlier in the series like i think it's i think the the ramping up of the silliness kind of stuff, the otherworldly kind of shit is neat. For all that silliness and whatever that happens, it's wild how grounded it still feels. It's the characters and the character arcs and that whole idea of family that keeps it grounded. Because otherwise it's just, you know, like driving cars on submarines and shit. And that's the difference. And I think a lot of people miss that. And, you know, we've talked about this. Because a lot of the people that are in these movies are not people you see in most blockbusters. Let's let's keep it a whole buck. Yeah. And yet, there's actors in this movie where I didn't realize that until maybe later on after seeing them that they were big deals. Like, you're yeah. getting, like, international superstars for, like, bit parts. Like, that's wild. Yeah, like, the, the guys from Dom's team at the beginning of the movie, um, I didn't know who they were. It's almost like the movies are almost like these barbecues. Like, everybody's welcome. As long as you drink a Corona, like, you're in. (laughs) But I am very excited to talk about the next one because I think you and I and, of course, our crew, this is where things start to get fun. Yes, I agree. 
Well, TLAT Podcast, Twitter and Instagram. So definitely check us out and um I hope your car doesn't get swallowed by a whale. Um uh, don't spoil Fast Ten. <laughs> you just get swallowed by a megalodon or whatever the fuck that giant thing from the Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> Great, now we're going to have to retract that because now you spoiled it. All right, good night, everybody. (laughs) I was walking with the dog.